first message this afternoon is from Mr. Sean Witt. It is entitled, What's the Next Step? Sean. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a beautiful Sabbath day. We have like twice as many people here this week. I think we had like 10 last week. <laughs> a little more than that. Okay, so recently I turned 50, which is crazy considering I was just 27 just a few days ago. At least it seems that way. You know, as time goes by, it, time just goes faster and faster. It's crazy. It makes you think, what have I accomplished? And what is still on my bucket list? What would I like to do still? You know, I still got a lot of years ahead of me, hopefully. We'll see. Well, we all have to some degree what is called the Scarlett O'Hara syndrome. Yes, there's actually a syndrome, and it's called the Scarlett O'Hara syndrome. And basically, it's not thinking about my problems today. It's figuring you can deal with them tomorrow. Just like Scarlett O'Hara did in the movie Gone with the Wind. I can't think about it today. I'll think about it tomorrow. So at this time, we're going to watch the movie Gone with the Wind. So, Steve, don't worry about giving your message. We're going to be here for about three hours. Or actually, maybe we'll just play the end clip. How does that sound?
Okay, so I think you get the gist. Um, I went ahead and had Brian cut out the scene of, of course, Brett Butler and what he said. He's, he's leaving, but he totally leaves her in the dust and takes off. You know, we th you think we have a million tomorrows and we put things off, but our tomorrow quickly becomes our todays and even quickly fade into our yesterdays. And we're left thinking, where is the time gone? Time management and procrastination is something I still struggle with. And I would assume it is a struggle for most people, especially with the demands of this current fast-paced lifestyle. It seems like there's just not enough time in a day. There's not enough hours. But how, we have to ask ourselves, how are we spending these hours? I mean, we have 24 hours. We sleep for a portion of that, but we have time. You know, we're not guaranteed a tomorrow. As we know from examples of my father-in-law, Pat Dennis, and Ray and Pam Kerr, life can be cut short and when we least expect it. But this should not come to a surprise to us. The Bible even talks of this. Turn with me to Proverbs 27, verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what the day may bring. Go with me now to James chapter 4, verses 13 for 14. Now listen, you who say tomorrow, or today I should say, will go to such and such a town, stay there a year, conduct business, and make money. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are, in the, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. We need to live each day to the fullest because we never know what tomorrow will bring. But it's not just death that can prevent us from accomplishing our plans. Over winter break, they had a family winter weekend up in uh, Kentucky, which I highly recommend. It was a lot of fun, had a good time. And we had several projects that we needed to do, but we said, you know what, let's just go. We'll, we'll do those projects after. So it was planned procrastination. And we had several days off from work, and we thought, you know, when we get back, we'll hit it hard, and we'll get these things done. What can go wrong, you know? Well, certainly not everything, but it did. Everything did go wrong. We got back, and we all had the flu. Uh, the only project we were working on was surviving, getting over the flu. And since Samuel's an overachiever, he decided to get it twice. So we were dealing with all that. And I've got some funny pictures if you want to show those, Brian. They're not extremely funny, but I thought I'd add them in. That's Samuel there. <laughs> He'll love it if I pull the mat. And we got, uh, we ain't got time for that. And then a final one. That's pretty much it on those. Thought I'd just throw those in as filler. Many of the projects weren't even monumental tasks. It was mostly a compilation of smaller tasks that had been put off, neglected over time, uh, which led to you know, disorganization, a little bit of chaos. How often in life does this happen to us, where we have little tasks, things that build up, and they become more monumental? And, you know, um, we put these things off, and they become overwhelming to us. This is often why people make New Year's resolutions. They figure, hey, it's a new year. We can get stuff done. Let's get on it. I'll stop overeating. I'll exercise more. We'll lose that weight. 
these situations haven't happened because of, you know, you didn't gain that 20 pounds because you ate that cheeseburger that one time, that one cheeseburger, or staying up till midnight eating that piece of cheesecake. It is decisions over time. It's not just one thing that causes it. It builds up and adds. Your house didn't become disorganized, excuse, organized, because you didn't put the salt and pepper shaker back that one time. These decisions are a result, like I was saying, of small incremental decisions that are made each and every day. We don't like being overweight. We don't like being disorganized and stressed. So when the new year comes around, we like to have this opportunity to recommit to taking time to reorganize and getting things done. What's the situation for you? Please know I'm not criticizing anybody. We just need to find solutions. Um, we need to find out where the problem starts. And I know that each and every one of us has you know, something like that. And the thing is, only 8% of New Year's resolutions um, are actually kept, only 8%. And according to the Huffington Post article I saw, I'd submit that uh, the reason that they fail is because people don't have, um, they don't see immediate results, or their action steps are vague. Uh, they don't have concrete action steps, and so a lot of times these um, New Year's resolutions will fail. I don't know about you guys, but um, I didn't really get much to eat for breakfast this morning, and I'm kind of hungry. Um, do you mind if I stop and make a sandwich? Would that be okay? I hope you don't mind. I'm just going to make a sandwich real quick. Man, I was famished. Is this going to be okay out here, Brian? Awesome. I'm just going to sit out here where everybody can see. So they can see. I want you guys to be a part of the sandwich I'm making. And it's been a while since I made a sandwich, so I might need your help to... Remember how to do this. Well, last week Barnabas had some of my water up here. So thanks for that. I like the plug. I actually got a sandwich for Barnabas. I'm sorry I don't have enough for everybody. So I'll, I'll save this one up here for you. It's a prop sandwich. So you might not want to eat it. It's got a little bit of mold on it. So, but it's here if you want it. <laughs> For the backstory, I had a cup of water up here, and uh, he had a sip of my water after. He didn't realize it was mine. <laughs> so I felt bad. I didn't tell him, hey, that's my water, but I was out of the room for a minute. All right, so um, I need some help from the audience. What's the first thing I should do to make this sandwich? You got bread? Okay, that's good. Okay. What do you think, Doyle? Where should I put, what should I do? Okay. Oh. Oh, that's a good point. Um, turkey. Does that matter? So what should I do with this? Okay. Take a slice of the meat out. Out of where? Okay. How do? Oh, I, I you know what? I actually left my knife at home. Hey, Doyle, want to grab me a knife? <laughs> Okay, so what's, what's the first thing I should do? Doyle's getting the knife for me. <laughs> right. So what should I do next? Okay, out of here? How, how should I do that? Oh. Okay. Oh, thank you. Okay. 
Now what? Set it on top of the bag? Okay. I'm horrible. For those just tuning in, tuning in we're not doing a cooking show. It's <laughs> okay. I just realized this one's Barnabas's sandwich. I probably should. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Perfect. Okay, so I've got a knife. Oh. Thank you. What? Skip the side? Okay. Now what? Slather what on the bread? With what? Okay. Like this? Okay. Right. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. More? Okay. How's that? Okay. Okay, there's more. Oh, okay. A good helper. Got to lather this up. All right, okay. How's that? Okay. Okay, like that. Shake it now. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, what's next? This is a lame sandwich. <laughs> I got meat. Okay. How many slices? Four. <laughs> okay, now what? Okay. Now what? And put it on my head. More? Um, that's pretty much all the ingredients. It's a pretty lame sandwich. It's not a, it's not a Dagwood. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> that's right. So I put this. Okay. Now what? There we go. Yay, we got a sandwich. <laughs> Here you go, Barnabas. Okay, so that's just to show, kind of infantile, I know, but it shows just how steps can really mess us up if we don't have all the steps we need. Thank you for your participation on that. <laughs> like I said, it may have seemed infantile, but just like Scarlett O'Hara putting off tasks till another day, we can become overwhelmed by tasks that they may seem overwhelming, but... They become simple if you break it down into small steps, small action steps. Just like that, you know, I put the mayonnaise on top of the bread. I mean, we had to break it down right to the minute detail. But seriously, if we break all of these seemingly momental tasks down to the smallest step, we will find not only to become very easy, but in fact so easy that it is literally impossible not to do them. Here's an example I'd like to give you. Uh, there was a seminar on next step planning that Kim and I watched, and the participants were to choose a project and then determine what was the simplest next step according to their project. 
One woman had several boxes of books stacked all over her house that she had inherited. And her project was to clear out the boxes of books. Seems like a pretty easy task, right? Well, not so much. Um, so her first step was she needed to order bookcases to put all these books in. But she was hung up on doing that because she's like, well, I have to go to the computer and um, order the bookcases. You know, it takes a step to do that. And they said, well, why can't you do that? Why don't you just go get on the computer and order the bookcases? And she's like, well, I don't know what size bookcases I need. Okay, well, get a tape measure out and measure the bookcases then, or the places where you're going to put them. Measure the wall space. That sounds like a pretty reasonable step, right? But when asked, um, she couldn't do it. She says, well, I, I don't know where my tape measure is. Okay. Um, so if you don't have a tape measure, what does a tape measure cost? Maybe a dollar? Like you go to the dollar store and even buy a cheap uh, tape measure? Or she could even borrow one. She'd get one free at Harbor Freight. You buy something, you get a free tape measure. You know, you got a coupon. So there's a lot of different things that she could have done, but she's really hung up on these little steps. And this is what I met earlier when I said that our next step is often so simple, it is literally almost impossible not to do it. And so since she had that tape measure, uh, it would know, be a lot easier for her. And it's usually something that's it's pretty ridiculous to think that all this is being held up because of the tape measure. So can you imagine being asked why you still have boxes all over your house and how embarrassing it would be just because you don't have a tape measure? Talk about embarrassing. Can you relate to this? A lot of times um, we either fail to determine the appropriate next step or don't act because the next step is fearful or we have a lack of confidence. Um, what if I buy the wrong tape measure? Uh, sounds silly, but you know, stuff like this kind of holds us back if we're not careful. And if you find yourself caught in this trap, go ahead and let yourself play out that, okay, so you buy the wrong tape measure, so what? So, well, what if it's not long enough or it's too short? Well, what, what can you do? What if, what if you did buy the wrong tape measure? You can return it by another one, right? Or you can measure with that tape measure and then measure twice. Just measure it again and you're good. There's always the simplest next step. And we find there's always the simplest next step. And we find it by inviting God into the situation, into our lives. The woman in the bookcase example was overwhelmed by the books in her living room. And at first, incorrectly identified what that next step was. She thought it was to go to the computer, but really she needed a tape measure. So you need to identify what is that next step you need to do. It's easy for us to identify the wrong step. So we need to ask God into our lives and shine the light on us and help us. So number one, what are the projects we need to be working on? They can be identified by asking what is causing us to be stressed out, overwhelmed, and anxious. What is the next step for each of these projects? What fears, insecurities, etc., are holding us back from accomplishing the next step? We need to identify and find out what those are. So what projects do we need to be working on? These can be both physical and spiritual. 
I think a lot of times the physical matches the spiritual things you're going through. Oftentimes, I think you'll find a parallel, like I'm saying. Uh, at my house, as an example, our dining room floor, the tiles started popping off of the, uh, off the foundation. I'm embarrassed to say it's been over a year ago, and I haven't got it fixed yet. I think it's kind of like the same situation with the tape measure. Well, I've got to go find tile that matches or tear up the whole floor and start over. So that being a physical project I need to work on, uh, there's a spiritual parallel also. As I'm firmly attached to the foundation of Christ and the Father, as am I attached as much as I should be. There's always room for improvement in all of these areas. So I could make a list of, of projects I need to work on like this to get these things taken care of because it's haven't been able to have people over the house. It makes me feel kind of bad because the floor's torn up. And people don't care about your floor anyway. But, you know, it's nice to have these things done. So let's turn to Matthew 6, verses 33 through 34. Well, I was trying to say there's a spiritual parallel there as far as, um, you know, the foundation of the floor being torn up. We need to make sure we have a solid foundation in Christ and God the Father. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. There's a broader application to this scripture, but pay attention to verse 34. Be sure that you are not so caught up in tomorrow that you neglect the things that need to be done and doing today. Think about Scarlett O'Hara. If you remember at the end of the video clip, she realized that her hope was in returning home to her mansion, Tara. It was, she was on the staircase there talking about Tara, Tara. There's hope about tomorrow. Our hope is returning our focus to God and Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. That's where our hope is, is in the kingdom of God. Does God have certain projects he wants us to work on? Can we be keeping ourselves stuck in neglecting those projects he wants us to be working on. We very well can be. Let's go to Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we know, excuse me, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We know that, we know what these good works or projects are. I believe we can and believe God will show us what these projects are we need to do. We just need to get his help. So what are the steps? What are the steps in making sure that we are um, getting to that next step? The first next step is asking for wisdom. We need to have God's wisdom. Otherwise, we rely on our wisdom, which will fall flat on our face. Turn with me now to James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Invite him to give you wisdom and know what projects physically and spiritually you should be working on. He'll help you to know which ones you need to work on. The second step is understanding what the Lord's will is for us. We need to know what his will is. Let's go to Ephesians 
chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. Then, be careful how you live. Do not be unwise, but wise, making the best use of your time, because the times are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Wait a minute. If understanding what the Lord's will is is the next step, or it is a project that needs to be broken down into smaller steps, I would say it's a project, because it's something that can be broken down into smaller steps. Let's go now to Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will, his good will is pleasing, and his perfect will. So, maybe the next step is being transformed and renewing our mind. But that can be broken down even further. How do we renew our minds? Well, it's through reading our Bible, having a concordance, a notebook, pencil, highlighter, etc. Do we have these tools? And how do we get them? It's good to have these tools with us so that we can properly read our Bibles and be attentive to having these action steps, things that will help us. So we need to break all these things down so they don't seem so big and intangible. So we've got everything right there to help us. There's a saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So that's basically it, is you have everything with you and just work on it a little bit at a time. You can't be reading your Bible if it's not at your nightstand. If it's clear across the house, it's going to be harder to get it. So if you have your tools with you at all times, it's going to make it easier. So what is holding us back from accomplishing the next step? Fear, lack of motivation, insecurities, all of these can be overcome through God. He can help us. Let's go now to Philippians 2, verse 13. For it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to desire and to work out his good purpose. So it's him that works through us. Now let's go to Philippians 4, 6, and on verses 7 as well. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. So he will help us not to be anxious. He will give us that peace within us. He will help us. And in Isaiah 35, verses 3, 4, 4, it says, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, Be strong. Do not fear. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. That chapter's talking about our future. But I think it's applicable here as well. God can help us to accomplish our projects. And whatever it is that's keeping us stuck in our lives, both physically and spiritually. Speaking, this includes overcoming our fears, no matter what they may be, especially if we're putting off uh, things that are daunting to us. Satan uses our frailties and shortcomings to prevent us from being the projects that God, and doing the projects that God has in store for us. He tries to keep us from doing those things, weighing us down, giving us anxiety, you know, all the stuff that um, is whispering in our head, that you can't do it, you're a failure, things of that nature. Satan will do whatever it takes to prevent us from doing good works that we should be doing. 
Anything that can get us derailed or keeping us stuck. Think about it. I mentioned our dining room floor earlier. Sadly, it's been torn up for a, a long time. And like I was saying, it's uh, you know unfortunate that I feel bad about having people over it. Um, you know, sharing the gospel message with friends and people coming over, it's something that needs to be taken care of. You know, Satan loves keeping us stuck and then making us feel bad for being stuck. Remember, God is the author. He is not the author of chaos. He's not the author of confusion. That comes from Satan. But by applying the next step strategies, we can regain forward progress in both our physical and spiritual projects. Another project God gives us is found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So how do we let our light shine? By doing the next step in all that we do. This is kind of a small thing, and I'm not saying this is a gloat or anything, but people complain about the bathroom at work. Uh, there's like toilet paper on the floor and toilet paper rolls laying around and one guy complained, man, it's really messy in there. I hate even using the restroom. But So I went in there with a broom and I swept it up and I reloaded the toilet paper rolls and I threw the old ones away and just kind of spruced it up a little bit. You know, just spruce it up and get it done. I think if everybody would just do that, it wouldn't be such a big deal. There's a key right by the toilet paper thing. You can open it up, the toilet paper on. You know, like I talked about the sandwich, it's not that hard. Instead of complaining about it, just take the toilet paper, put it on the roll, lock it back up, and, you know, make it better. If, it, if all of us would work together like that, the bathroom wouldn't be a mess. So it's just little steps like that. And, um, in fact, the other day I was taking the trash out, and my uh, owner of the company saw me doing it, and he's like, thanks for doing that. And I was like, oh, it's not a big deal. And he's like, can I help you? And I was like, no, I think I got it, but I appreciate the, the offer. But he was like all invested wanting to help and so it kind of was good you know to show him that we're trying to get things done and I mean just it was it's just good to have your light shine and get stuff like that going there for a second. Okay, here we go. Okay, yes, it's clear that we do have physical and spiritual projects that we need to be working on every day. Before I close, I want to share a few some final scriptures and highlights that can help us with our projects we face to overcome obstacles in our way. Let's go now to Proverbs 16, verse 3. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be achieved. If we commit ourselves to him, we can achieve these things. Now let's go to Proverbs 3, verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And then let's go to Psalms 55, 22. Cast on the Lord whatever he sends your way, and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. He's there to help us. And then bringing it back to the Scarlet O'Hara clip, Rhett Butler walked away from Scarlett O'Hara, like I was saying. He just totally said, I'm, I don't care, I'm leaving, I'm out of here. Well, fortunately, our loving God will never walk away from us. He will always there, be there to help us. Let's go to Romans 8, verses 38 through 39. 
For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that a great comfort? To know that God loves us, that his love is active love, helping to accomplish whatever tasks we face, that he's there to help us. Let's now go to Psalms 90, verses 12, and then we're going to go to 90, 16 through 17. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Let your work appear in your servants and your glory to their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So in conclusion, sometimes life is overwhelming. Sometimes we allow ourselves to feel stuck and therefore be stuck. We are going to have some harder times in the future. We need to know that God will be with us through all of it. And he is with us now and he will help us what we currently deal with also. All the craziness, all the stress, all of the overwhelm, he wants to help us. We just need to start with the very first step and that is asking him. 